Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today we're going to talk about our hormones. Now, this is something that affects every single one of us. And how we know that? It's because we're all women, right? (laughs) I mean, hormones affect everyone in the world, but hormones definitely affect us as women because we have our cycles, they're going up, they're going down, they're going in circles, they're going, they're doing whatever, whatever they can and want to do sometimes, right? So today we're going to talk to Brooke Rossi about her information and expertise in women's health and hormones and how to get us back in the driver's seat of taking care of our own body and our own life. And so Brooke, welcome to the podcast today. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I mean, I love helping women, but like supporting moms is like my... My main, main focus, especially after becoming one and realizing how much we need it. So thank you. Yeah, for having so me. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you got started and what you do. Yeah. Um, so I've been in the health and fitness industry for over 15 years. Um, I actually started as a personal trainer um, about midway through my career. I lost my dad um, to cancer in a pretty traumatic way. And I my body freaked out. Um, I was still single at the time, you know, didn't have any other responsibilities. And I feel like it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I really started to see how much stress had played a role in the years of things that I had been ignoring when it comes, came to hormonal symptoms and stuff that I dismissed because they were so common that I thought they were normal. And then losing my dad and that significant stress hit on my body really like sent everything into overdrive. And I was really forced to look inward and look at like what was going on, look at how my nutrition movement, um, the way that I was dealing with things day to day was playing a role in how my body was feeling. Um, and I really started to see a lot of those things in a lot of my clients. So, um, I actually went back to school to, um, become a functional nutritionist to dive a lot further into how those things can play a role. Um, and then after, you know, meeting my husband soon after that, and then us wanting to have kids, I started to notice how many layers there was to this as a woman, and especially going through pregnancy and definitely into the postpartum stages. I was realizing that I felt one way pre kids, but then after having kids, it was like a whole new ball game, and no one was really talking about it. No one, you know, as a woman, once you become a mom. I feel like the only thing you really know is what did or didn't work for you before you had kids. So you try to go back to that. And then all of a sudden it's not working because we don't recognize all these shifts that our body has done, our lifestyle has done. So I really started to shift a lot of the coaching and things that I do. I don't just support moms, but to support women in general through all stages um, of their life and, and truly knowing like how to support your body with where you are so that you can feel your best, no matter what stage of life you're in. Wow. So what are some of those common things that you were saying? Oh, I I just thought this was totally normal. I'm really curious about that because I know that there's at least one person listening right now. That's going to be like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I I didn't realize that was something that I'm my hormones are imbalanced for. Yeah. Pre-kids. Um, it was like some PMSy type symptoms like breast tenderness, crampiness when my period was coming. Um, I would get like some pretty big mood swings sometimes leading up to my period coming. Um, and then I never tracked my cycle. I never paid attention. You know, you go to the, the OB for your annual pap and they'd be like, when was your last cycle? And I'm like, uh, let me guesstimate and look at my calendar here. Um, I never paid attention to those things. 
Um, when it came to nutrition, I would have times where I would feel like severe reactions to food. Like if I ate something specific, I would have like severe bloating, gas, go days without going to the bathroom. Um, and I just thought that, you know, this was just a reaction. This is just something that everybody deals with because I didn't know that that wasn't normal. And then after having kids, um, I was really starting to feel like energy impacts. Uh, I was starting to feel like my mood shifting. I was starting to feel, I mean, of course, you know, when you have young kids sleep quality, but even it was felt like it was to another extreme, um, the cravings and things that were coming in, I was having a really hard time losing weight. Um, after having my daughter, it just felt like things were stuck. Um, and then digestive was like in and out. Sometimes it'd be good. Sometimes it wouldn't. Um, those were some of the most common things that I was experiencing. Well, I guess I'm kind of curious because the, the weight thing, I didn't realize that your hormones would affect your weight because after having this baby for me, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about my hormones here. Yeah. I think, I think I'm kind of off whack right now, honestly, after having this fourth baby, but like after, after having this baby, like I've gained 20 pounds after having the baby. And yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I'm eating pretty normal, you know, like I'm, I'm breastfeeding, like, aren't you supposed to use, lose calories there? Like what, like what exactly is happening? And like, I mean, only during my pregnancy, I only gained 17 pounds total. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't gain a ton during pregnancy, but like it's after pregnancy that yeah. has been my problem. So I'm curious yeah. about that, about the weight gain and your hormones. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a really good question. I hear this all the time. It's and one, I got that too. You know, when I was nursing, I was always, always like, oh, the weight's going to drop right off. And then when I was nursing my kids, I was like, the weight is not dropping off. What is going on? And the reality is that's actually not the truth for a lot of us. Um, nursing does actually increase our caloric burn essentially, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, you know, going to be in a way, a direct weight loss impact. Um, there's a lot of different things that go on with the body, especially postpartum, but hormonally, what I want you to think about is your body just spent nine to 10 months creating a human. It just, you know, it just had a lot of nutrients depleted from it because that baby takes a lot of nutrients from you. Um, and while it's an amazing thing when you're, you know, in labor, labor is a trauma on your body. And we don't think about it that way. Cause we, we always think of trauma as like this horrible thing, but at the end of the day, your body just birthed a human out of it. So it's a big trauma that it just mm -hmm. did, whether you had a C-section or vaginal birth. Um, so that's a big impact. And then especially if you have other kids, right. I love when they're like, you know, just go home and rest. You're like, yeah, okay. Like, when am I going to do that? And right. So you kind of are expected to like jump back into, you know, your normal day-to-day -day stuff as quickly as you can while your body's trying to recover from creating human for nine to 12 months. And then this major traumatic event that it had, and then all on top of that, you're nursing. So you had nutrients depleted from it. So when I say all of these things, I just want you to think of like stress on stress on stress, right? And your body can only handle so much stress before it starts to have a reaction, to it. And when we don't have stress is not necessarily a bad thing, but when we don't have the recovery or the mm. restoration to that stress, then we can start to get an imbalance and we should only be pushing our stress levels to the level that we can restore 
and, and recover. And that's in anything that comes to exercise, it comes to dieting, and then it comes to postpartum. So when we're in that postpartum stage, you've had a lot of that stress and then you're nursing, which is still, while it's an amazing thing to be able to provide your child, it's still a stressor that your body is kind of going through. So the most important thing I say, especially in postpartum, um, which is up to two years, by the way, after having a baby is you, the most important priority, I guess, for women should be one replenishing nutrients that were taken from you, um, resting with, I guess, prioritization. Um, you know, we, there is a stage where you can start to implement movements and workouts and things back in, but actually in the beginning, it should be pelvic floor rehabilitation, um, type support. And then honoring the fact that, especially when you are nursing, there's going to be a hormonal shift that's going on in your body um, and supporting your endocrine system as much as we possibly can, which is your thyroid, which is going to be your sex hormones, which is your adrenals, your gut, all, you know, your whole endocrine system took a big hit through that time. So adaptogenic herbs, whatever we can use to really support your endocrine system through that time can play a big role. Anytime the body's kind of having a response that's not, you know, favorable or in the way that we want, it's usually because there's some sort of a stress or inflammation going on somewhere in the body. And we need to kind of find what that is. Very interesting. Well, and you know, I, I kind of want you to smash this myth here then that a lot of moms that I talk to is like, Oh, I have a baby every two years. Well, that means you actually have to like get pregnant, like almost a year after you just had a baby to have a two-year-old when you have a new baby. Right. And that that's something that I have always just played with. So I have four kids. They're like almost exactly two years apart, but I've literally been pregnant or nursing for over eight years. Yeah. And I, my body is exhausted. Yeah. Like it really, it really is. And I like, I don't know. Do you see that in women? Like they just keep going like, yeah. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I've had a baby and then I've breastfed and then I've got pregnant and then I've had a baby and breastfed and got pregnant over and over again. And I mean, it's, it's not a wonder why we don't feel good later mm-hmm. on when we just continue to deplete ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so very true from a physical standpoint. It is very, very depleting. And, you know, one kid takes a lot out of you, two kids takes another level. And then you have three and then the fourth for you might just be like that straw that broke the camel's back type of a thing where your body was like, I've had enough. And it, you know, it's an amazing thing. It doesn't mean don't do that. Right. It doesn't mean don't, you know, have that space between your kids if you want to, but it just means that if you are going to do that, you got to know that your body's going to need some extra love and some extra support when you're doing those things. And there might be a level of you needing to understand or like back off how much of the external stressors you're expecting of your body during that time. And, um, being more patient with yourself of like, yeah, for the last eight years of my life, I've been creating a human, birthing a human and feeding a human with my body, which is amazing but we also put so much pressure on ourselves to like, well, I should also be able to do this, this, and this too. At the same time, we should maybe sometimes step back and be like, you know what? Like I've actually been doing enough. Like I've been doing a lot and it's kind of a time as a mother, as weird as this sounds to be a little bit selfish with our needs and make sure that we're taken care of because when our needs are taken care of and we're feeling good, we're going to be able to show up as a mom for our kids so much better when we're physically feeling good and able to not just, it's not about how you look in a bikini all the time. It's more about just like your cognitive function and your day-to-day and your energy and just how you feel that can play a big role in there too. 
Well, yeah, and I, I think too, not taking care of ourselves creates more stress in our life because we are, we get angry. We yes. might snap at our kids where we don't have the energy to go play with them or, you know, want to do the fun things or really be present with them when they're trying to talk to us. Cause we're so tired. Right. So yeah. honestly, like taking care of ourselves and balancing out those hormones is the best thing we can do or for our family. I ask a lot of my clients that are moms too, you know, when is the last time that you were mentally bored? Right. And we're all like, we can all kind of laugh at that because we're like, I don't don't know the last time I haven't had something going on in my head, but we don't realize how much of a mental load we take on on a day-to-day basis and stress is physical and mental. Your body's not necessarily like, Oh, she's just handling a lot mentally. Like she's fine. Your body's got that physical and mental. So from the physical standpoint, you've been birthing kids, creating them, nursing them, you know, all that. And then from the mental standpoint, you also have been keeping up with doctor's appointments in the house and all their needs and looking at the little boo-boos on their body and seeing how they are and just all the day-to-day stuff that comes with that too. Um, and on top of that, especially when they're young, there's not much silence that's happening around the house too, which is a lot of stimulation. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of mental overload that can come into that. So one of the best things sometimes if you can't, you know, I tell people like, if you don't have the time to go to the gym or you're having a hard time with all of it, one of the best things you can do as a mom is to just give yourself five minutes of silence every day. Like if you could just give yourself five minutes to be bored and get comfortable with feeling that boredom and not be torturing yourself with what you should be doing when you're sitting there being bored, you can play a huge role. And just that reducing that mental overload and that stress overload that's on your body. Yeah, no, that's so important. I, I, I really do think silence is, is so healing Yeah, because it, it kind of like, it's like, I don't know, like kind of like a garbage dump. It just cleans everything out. You know, it take, it just makes room for nothing even, you know, just to have some space in your brain is so important. So what do you, what do you tell moms that are struggling with getting themselves balanced? Like what is their like first step to getting themselves like on the right track? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think one of the the biggest things that comes up is a lot of us, especially if you grew up in like snack wells generation, like I did, you know, you're kind of in this, like, well, I'm all into this or I'm not type of a thing. And we undervalue how much simple things can play a role. So if you are a mom, the biggest thing I always say is say is start simple and take things in layers. So the, I kind of do like a little bit of an assessment with people. And I ask like, look, look at the foundational habits first that are going to make you feel really good. And think of this as like building a home. If we, we got to lay the foundation of the house first before we can put the walls and the decorations and all the like detail stuff in. So if we're laying that foundation first, the biggest things that can actually play a role that we undervalue on hormonal health and how we're physically feeling is one, are you drinking enough water in the day? And that's like half of your body weight in ounces at a minimum water Mm. and start there. Like if you're not doing that, then just for a week, just drink enough water and then build on that once you feel really good with it. And it's a consistent habit for you and then start to look at your meals. And there's three big things we want to have at each of our meals. Um, as a woman, 
overall to, to support endocrine function, to support hunger and satiation, so to support hormonal health, um, and to support your energy levels. Um, one of those is adequate protein intake. Um, in general, women should be taking in no less than about hundred grams of protein a day, but a good way I can say like without measuring is to just look at your hand and your protein intake should be anywhere from like your palm to your whole hand for like three meals a day to help support hunger and satiation. You should have a good quality fat at each of your meals, like adding some avocado, some good olive oil, sesame oil, coconut oil. Um, even butter can be a great one to throw into a meal. And then you need to have some fiber. Fiber is going to be really important. Um, we talk about our kids poop all the time, but we, we need to be pooping too, to help regulate those hormones on a daily basis as well. So those three things are critical. And so you can just start to look at your meals and just take inventory and just say like, do I have a protein? Do I have a healthy fat? Do I have a fiber? And that's one thing I kind of call it plug and play. You can take it anywhere. You can, you can do that at a restaurant. You can do that when you're traveling, you can do it with your meals at home. Um, and just to make sure, and then, then we can start to look at the details of those meals, but water and nutrition can make a major difference in how you're feeling. Um, and just take it layer by layer. One week, focus on the water, one week, focus on the protein, the next week, focus on that fiber and then the fat and just build it week after week. Um, and then you can start to look at the other aspects of what's going on. So, you know, what's my quality of sleep? Um, some of us might be laughing if we have young kids, but you know, what, what time am I going to bed? What time am I waking up? And most nights of the week with the time that I am getting for sleep, am I able to make it quality? Um, versus if you're waking up feeling groggy, um, feeling like you need the coffee to get through the day, sometimes we're over consuming the caffeine, um, and using that as our energy versus looking at that quality of sleep. And sometimes that caffeine intake during the day is actually impacting your quality of sleep that we're getting. Um, and then the last one I say, before you try to like jump into some perfect workout plan that you have to commit another five hours out of your week to just try to move your body consistently. Like you can start to assess how much am I sitting down during the day versus how much am I just like moving around and getting steps. Um, and those are really like big foundations that you can start to work on first before you try to like put pressure on yourself to get all these other detailed things in. And what I like about that too, is, is that something that all of us can actually start with instead of like, Oh, these are all the supplements you need to take and you need to get them now, or you're not going to feel better. Right. Which yeah. there are supplements that help. And if that's very important, um, you know, but like for a mom that's listening right now that may not have a professional to work with that yeah. saying, you know, this is what exactly what you need. Those are some steps that we could literally start this second. Like we could go get some water. We could go take a nap. We could go to bed yeah. an hour earlier tonight. Um, you know, go, go turn on some music and dance for 15 minutes, you know, like we there, that's yep. something that we can do. Um, I, I just, it's amazing to think how those simple things, you know, air quotes here, simple things affect our hormones so much. Yeah. It's, you know, it, they are simple. They take conscious effort, right? Because it is more of a habitual thing than we realize. Um, so it does mean that we have to look at maybe our habits and how we do things. Um, 
But I, I tell that to any of my clients. I'm like, listen, your supplements are an insurance policy and that's it. You cannot out supplement the fact that you're not sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. You cannot out supplement your need to drink water. I can't out supplement the fact that like you're not eating enough protein and you need to consume more protein in your diet. Um, those are things that are lifelong habits that are going to keep you feeling good for forever versus the supplements and things are short-term use to help balance like certain needs at certain stages of our life is a better way to look at it. Um, and we will reach a point if we keep ignoring those foundational habits where we're going to keep that supplement bill is going to get pretty expensive trying to make up for the things that we're not doing in our daily habits. So, um, I, you know, me and my coaches, when we're working with someone, that's one of the first layers we'll put in with people is addressing, you know, why those things maybe aren't there. And then working through the ways that we can incorporate those into to daily practices. But yeah, if you look at, at habits, Um, and what are my daily habits? One simple thing you can do in the morning is I keep a 30 ounce water bottle next to my bed and I wake up every morning and I drink that before I touch my coffee or do anything because it makes a digestive impact. It helps keep me going during the day. And especially as a mom, we will sacrifice our needs to like, make sure the dishes are done or the house is clean or certain things are put away. And the question I always ask my clients is, I want you to think back when you were a kid. Do you remember how messy your house was? Like, do you remember that the dishes were done every night or that your clothes were always put away where they needed to be? Like, probably not. But you do remember how your mom felt, how she showed up. You remember your relationship with her. You remember the times that she was present with you and like involved. Like you have those memories. So if it means taking care of yourself so that you can show up and make those memories with your kids and have that relationship, who cares if the dishes are dirty, right? If it means that taking care of yourself means that you're going to be able to show up the way that you wanted to, your kids are not going to remember the fact that their clothes weren't put away on a Thursday morning. Right. Well, and I, I think too, it's kind of a hard decision as a mom to decide what's best for the family, right. The, like for, for us as the moms and the kids, like, for example, like I've homeschooled the last two years, but like my capacity right now is shrinking. (laughs) Yeah. Like my, my, my mental, my psyche, my everything is just overwhelmed. And, you know, so I'm at the point where I'm trying to decide, should I send them back to school next year? Uh, or do I continue to homeschool, even though I want to homeschool and I'd love to travel, but like, I, I need some silence. I need some, some space for a minute, you know? And I I think that's hard for us moms because we have reasons why we do everything that we do. Right. So, and there's, there's pros and cons to all of these different things. Do I sleep or do I do the dishes? Do I, you know, spend the money on these vitamins or do I spend the money on classes for my kids? Do I, you know, so it's, it's so challenging for us moms to yep. put ourselves as a priority. Cause I think the real heart of all of us moms is we want to give our kids the best, but what I'm hearing that you're saying here, that is that in order for us to give our children, what we want to give them, which is like beautiful experiences and, you know, a happy mom we need to feel our best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes 
we what we think we need to be doing to feel our best really doesn't have to be what it is. Sometimes we think we need all the expensive supplements. We think we need the Peloton membership. We think we need all those different things, but we really don't. There are so many simple things that you can do to make yourself feel better. Like all those foundational things I just listed off don't cost that much money, right? We're talking about eating healthy food. We're talking about like you can go outside and use nature to move your body and, and get exercise in. Walking is an undervalued form of exercise. Um, drinking enough water, going to bed on time. Like you don't actually have to spend a lot of money to do those things. It's more, it, there's an energy exchange that happens, right. And all those different things. So we need to kind of choose what's my, what's my energy exchange and where am I willing to put my energy into these things? And sometimes it might mean asking somebody for some support or asking for help, pending what it is. Um, I know my husband and I worked having someone come once a month to do like deep cleaning in our house so that I could take that energy exchange off myself because, I was like, you know what, this hundred dollars that we're spending is very worth it for me to not have to spend the time doing, you know, certain wiping baseboards and stuff in my home. Right. But we all kind of have to value where that energy exchange is and, and what's worth us and what we could maybe work to help take some of that off. And one of the things they say to do is make a list, like list out all the stressors you have, the things that are taking a mental load, physical load, list all those out and look at them. And then look at the support people you have in your life. I've got friends that are single moms with two kids and they don't have a lot of support people. And then I've got people, friends that have a lot, right? So look at the support people. And sometimes, and this is not all the time, sometimes we're taking on things we don't need to be. And sometimes we can look at and be like, you know what, actually so-and-so could really help me out with this. And then it's having that conversation. Um, like a few weeks ago, I had one with my husband and I was like, hey, it's actually really stressing me out to have to do the school drop-off and school pickup, could you choose one of them and help me out with them, right? So, and he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I know that's stressing you out, so let me help you. Sometimes it's one, the way we ask, um, but then two, being okay with letting somebody help us too, because we don't need to be superwoman and do it all at the same time too. Yeah, for sure. Um. I, I'm curious to know like how we can support our energy, um, yeah. throughout the month with our hormones. So would you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So for those of us that have cycles, right. We, we have times in the month, this is something that no one ever taught me when I was, you know, before I became a mom and, and paid attention to it, that we're going to actually feel really good and our hormones are going to be at an advantage. And then we have times of the month where maybe our energy is going to shift a little bit and our hormones are going to be working in a different way. Um, and what I've come to learn and work with my clients on is knowing when that is. And then simple things we can do to support that as a woman, we have two big hormonal stages of our cycle. Um, if we're speaking medically, but you really have like four different stages within that. So we have the first part of our stage, which is our period or our menstrual stage of our cycle, which is the most obvious for us because we're bleeding. Um, so that day one of that stage is our menstrual stage. And that usually lasts, you know, five to seven ish days. And what happens in that stage of our cycle is we, our hormones crash. All of our hormones are, are at their lowest point in that stage. Now we all probably, when we hear that, they were like, oh, that makes sense because I'm usually tired. I'm usually maybe a little bit moody, like not in the, not in the mood for certain things, feel like putting on sweatpants and hibernating in my bed with chocolate, right? That's usually the stage where I'm just not 
in it. I might be a little bit more mentally and a little bit of a funk too when I'm there, but there's a reason for that. Your hormones are all lower. It's actually a time to really, I kind of relate this to seasons. It's like winter. It's like a time to just like go inward, rest, give your body the break it needs. Um, as a mom, like the thing I want you to think about is your body's bleeding. If anybody else was walking around outwardly bleeding, you would be like, Hey, you need to go chill and rest a little bit. But we sometimes tell ourselves like, no, it's okay. It's just a period, right? It happens every month. So we just kind of expect ourselves to push through. So this is not the time of the month where I would suggest like really pushing into anything. You actually can be a little bit more creative in this time of the month. So this is maybe the time of the month to like go through your monthly calendar and look at like what's coming up and like kind of like navigate through where things are at. Um, start to like, you know, think about like the things that you want for yourself, for your kids, or just do a lot of reflection in this stage of your cycle. Um, and then when you're coming out of that, you're coming into what we call your follicular stage, or I call this like spring time starting to feel really good. Your estrogen is on the rise. Estrogen to you as a woman is like testosterone to a guy. It's a feel good hormone. I call this like our social superpower time. This is a stage of our cycle where like things are just aligning. Like we're just kind of feeling the way we really want to be feeling outwardly. We might feel like going and being more social. Um, we're more task driven. We are probably like, if, if we're working outside of the home, probably more apt to like be on top of our game and like giving a presentation and like speaking really well, um, because our brain and our hormones are at that, that, um, benefit for us. And this is also the time where your body can withstand stress a little bit better too. So stressors may not impact you the way that they would like when you're in your period. Um, and this is leading you into your ovulation stage, which if we're talking primally, um, you know, the end of your follicular into your ovulation stage is when, if we wanted to be getting pregnant, this is when we would be trying to get pregnant. And we're usually going to feel our best if we're going to be intimate with our partner in this stage of our cycle, no one's going to want to do it when they're feeling like they do on their menstrual stage. So, um, your body is like smart in this stage and it, it kind of primes you for that your testosterone actually does a little bit of a boost here too. So you might feel a little bit of a libido boost in this stage of the cycle too. Um, mood is going to be at probably the best when you're here. Um, and then we kind of come out of that and then our hormones do a little dance with each other and our estrogen and progesterone do this little switch and estrogen starts to come down and progesterone starts to kind of take over. Um, and this is when we're entering into our luteal stage of our cycle or like fall time um, of our cycle. And progesterone is a feel good hormone, but it's a calming hormone it can be a little bit more of a natural sedative. So in this stage of our cycle, we might notice if we're someone who gets woken up at a certain time each day, we might feel more tired in this stage because we actually need an average of 30 to 40 more minutes of this stage uh, of sleep in this stage of your cycle. So yeah. So I usually say in this stage with women, like if you can go to bed a little bit earlier, just if it's like 20 to 30 minutes, it can make a difference in how you feel going into the next day. Or if you can sleep in a little bit more, like my, my son is an alarm clock for us, so that's not possible. So I go to bed earlier, but, um, if you can get a little bit more sleep in this stage, it can make a big difference, but your serotonin, which is a neuro feel good neurotransmitter is a little bit lower in this stage too. So anxiety can actually be higher in this stage of your cycle. Um, so this is usually where I'll tell women 
this is when people curse me, but like maybe scale the caffeine back a little bit. Um, cause it can trigger your anxiety and make that worse, which can obviously shift our mood and our responses to things. Um, and then maybe this is the time of our cycle where we're starting to prioritize more low impact type things because our body's not withstanding stress as well, especially as we're leading into our period and coming back into that winter stage. Um, and then our progesterone in the stage of our cycle is also a pro thyroid hormone. So you actually get a little bit of a metabolic boost. So if we don't honor that, you actually need like a five to 10% caloric increase in this stage of your cycle. Mm. Um, you can start to feel cravings. This is like when we feel like making love to a pan of brownies right before our period starts, there's a reason it's because our body actually needed a little bit more of a caloric intake in that stage of our cycle to support it. Oh, interesting. Well, see, these are things that I wish they would just teach us. I mean, I don't know where they would teach us, but I wish, I wish we would all be taught this as we are growing, Yeah, like, you know, from like a little, you know, it, a 10 year old little girl to, you know, here we are having babies and, and taking care of families and wondering why the heck we're so angry. And then, Oh, I start my period, you know, like <laughs> that's why I had such a horrible day yesterday. You know, my hormones are doing crazy things. Right. Yeah. Um, I think just to be able to understand those different pieces, like I, I've never heard of it in that way. You know, I've, I've yeah. heard of the different cycles and stuff, but, um, how you explained it was like very useful, um, way of like, Oh, okay. This, you know, I'm, I'm going to be more tired during my period and have lower energy and need to rest. That makes sense. You know, my body is like literally letting go. Um, you know, it's time for me to rest. And then, you know, that, that growth of energy, then the peak when, you know, we feel our best and, um, you know, and then it starts to like slow back down and it starts all over again. Um, I, I just think that that's very powerful for us as women to know, and we could utilize that information in such an amazing way if we're educated. Yeah. It's actually one of my goals, um, to start to do give backs in my business, to start to be able to bring this hopefully into like sex ed type places and like high schools, at least for, for girls to understand this about their body and know what's going on. I, you know, I, I kind of knew it vaguely, but then after having a daughter, I became very conscious of how I spoke about myself and spoke about my hormones and spoke about my body because I started to look at it. My mom's amazing, not to knock her at all, but she didn't know. And a lot of mm-hmm. us don't know. And a lot of the language that was used as women is like, oh, I hate my hormones. Oh, I have a period. If I could just get rid of this thing. Right. And it was a lot of like, oh, it must suck to be a woman. And I don't want her to feel that way about her body. I want her to really appreciate what it can do and, and, and su- to support it. So yeah, to that point, if we can teach this to girls earlier, it's amazing. And if anything, to know, to give ourselves a little bit more grace and to know when to be more patient with ourselves when we're in certain stages, because so often we feel really good in that follicular and ovulatory stage of our cycle. And then a week later we're in our luteal stage and we're like, what is wrong with me? Like I felt so good last week and now I'm crying at a commercial and what's going on. Right. Or I'm snapping at the kids or I'm losing my patience or one of my big stage, like, uh, indicators for me is like a week before my period I'm touched out. Like if my son is crawling all over me and then my daughter wants to be on me, I'm just like touched out. And because I know that about myself, I know that I can ask for more support, but if I don't, it can be really frustrating to experience that. Yeah. So 
I guess here's the question. Do you feel like women can have different seasons of struggling with their hormones? Like, for example, like I felt like I was like really balanced. My cycle was always on, you know, the 28 cycle. Like I just use an app like, oh, my period is going to start tomorrow. And it did, you know, um, you know, this is when I'm fertile and I was and this is, you know, just different things like that. Um, you know, libido really good and all that kind of stuff. Then after having this baby, it all changed. Nothing's ordinary. I, you know, I'm, I'm getting that experience of feeling I'm touched out. I just want to go to bed, you know, different things like that, which is very different for me. And so I, I know that there has to be other women that maybe have experienced this too, but do you see that where they might have had their hormones, feeling pretty normal, right? At least I I thought I would felt pretty normal with my hormones. And then all of a sudden it switches. Yeah. There's usually something, I don't like to compare people's bodies to a car, but like, think about it as a car, like, you know, you're driving, everything's good. And then all of a sudden the check engine light comes on and then you're like, okay, well I can drive a little bit longer. And then all of a sudden there's smoke coming from underneath the hood. Right. And there's something going on and it's like, okay, well, there's been something underneath the hood for a little bit of time that might've just been like dismissed. Um, then all of a sudden something happened that like now all of a sudden the smoke's coming out. So it's kind of what happens. I usually explain like things don't just go off in your body. Like something's been brewing under there. And then there's something that kind of pushed it over the edge. If you think about it as a cup of water, your body can only hold so much stress in that cup. And the name of the game is keep the water from overflowing in the cup. So every time we have a stressor, we're going to pour some water in the cup. Um, and then depending on the stressors we have, we're going to do some restorative things to take the water out of that cup. But if we have an imbalance between the restorative things that we have going on and then the stressors, eventually that water is going to start to overflow. So then we need to look at what's causing the water to overflow. And usually it's something in the endocrine system. And then we can start to heal whatever that is to get the water to to stay back in, in the cup again. So with women, your sex hormones being off is usually a symptom. It's not usually the root problem. Your sex hormones don't just go off. There's usually other things that cause that dysfunction. Um, most of the time it's actually related to the gut. So digestive health. Um, a lot of women will think like, oh, well, I poop fine, or I don't have, you know, gassy or bloaty, but that's not always a sign that there's something off. There can be other underlying things that can be going on in the gut too or it's adrenal or stress related can play a big role in there too. And then the big master metabolic controller is your thyroid. Um, but thyroid can also be a symptom. So the two places we usually look would be the GI something in the gut, or we would look at the adrenal or the stress response. Um, we want to kind of assess there because those two things can play a big role. So, um, your body can, is really smart as a woman. It's incredibly intelligent and it, it will sacrifice certain things to keep something else going, but it's only going to be able to sacrifice that thing for so long before eventually it's going to go off. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think too, that, um, you know, I, I felt like I was pretty balanced through everything. And then 2020 came and I couldn't do the same things I had been doing before and it, it, everything came internal, like inside the home. And so there wasn't any space. There wasn't. So I, you know, you can imagine that there's lots of moms that didn't really get what they needed at that point. And that's the stuff under the engine. That's 
starting to boil over, you know, even years later after, after, you know, that challenging time. Um, Wow. Very, that's, you know, very insightful to just think about. Um, I really love what you said about listing out the stressors and then listing out the support and seeing like, what, what can I, you know, delegate out? What, what do I have support in now to, you know, make these things happen and what kind of things can I let go? Um, again, that's another, another thing that women can do right now. Um, cause I, I know that when we start to feel imbalanced, we can easily start to feel a lack of hope because we're saying, Oh, like, I don't even know how to fix this thing. Right. Cause it's, it seems so big or out of my control. Uh, so I just, I love the tips that you've shared there about, uh, just things that we can do to be active in our hormone health. Yeah. Yeah. We think hormones, when we think hormones, we think sex hormones all the time, but actually we have so many hormonal processes in our body that don't just involve our sex hormones. And, and they all impact anywhere from energy to mood to just day-to-day function. And, um, sometimes we want to look at like, okay, what supplement should I take or what, what diet should I follow or what workout should I be doing? And, and those are great. There's nothing wrong in that, but not at the sacrifice of ignoring those foundational habits that are actually simple and can make a huge impact when they're consistent. Oh, it's amazing. So if someone wanted to work with you, where would they find you? Yeah. Um, Instagram's probably the best place to find me. I'm on there probably way more than I should be. Um, it's Brooke Razzi is my Instagram. I have a couple coaches that, uh, work for me as well that are amazing. And, um, we usually will start with someone with doing what we call a clarity call. It's a pretty deep hour dive into what's going on, what you're experiencing. We have to fill out a couple of things ahead of time and, and we really use that time to narrow down specifically what's going on and, and where we need to focus for you individually to help you feel better. That's awesome. Uh, so they can just find that on your, you have links on your Instagram. Yep, I do. Um, or you can just shoot me a message and let me know that you found me from the podcast and, and we can chat from there. But I actually love to talk to people on Instagram. So just drop in and say hi. Um, would be awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing uh, some of your wisdom. I, I can tell that you have a lot of information that can help people just, you Thank know, you. even from what you shared here that um, it's, it really is important for us to get our hormones balanced and figure out like what the heck's going on inside. Right. And yeah. And what our bodies need. Yeah. It's, it's so important for me to, it's, I'm passionate about it because I have felt what it feels like to not feel good. And I felt what it feels like to feel good. And when I realized it didn't have to be that complicated to feel good, um, I, I see too many moms struggling in motherhood that don't need to be. Right. Wow. Well, thank you so much for, um, sharing your thoughts with us today and ladies, um, I hope that you can listen to this podcast and be able to pull something from it. They can help you feel better, kind of understand your cycle and your body a little bit better. And, uh, so Brooke, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. And we'll, uh, see you guys next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.